Hello, and welcome to DL on VL, a podcast dedicated to myself, Veva Luciol, and the process of creating my written works. Testimonial. Back when the earth was new and heaven just a whisper. Back when the names of things hadn't had time to stick. Back when the smallest breezes melted summer into autumn, when all the poplars quivered sweetly in rank and file, the world called and I answered. Each glance ignited to a gaze. I caught my breath and called that life, swooned between spoonfuls of lemon sorbet. I was pirouette and flourish. I was filigree and flame. How could I count my blessings when I didn't know their names? Back when everything was still to come, luck leaked out everywhere. I gave my promise to the world, and the world followed me here. That was testimonial performed by Rita Dove at the Poesie Festival in Berlin in 2009. You know, this poem really speaks to the topic of today's podcast and one's own interaction with the world, specifically my interactions with it and how I choose to write about it. So... Without further ado, hello, 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 and welcome to the experience that is the DL on VL with your tolerable host, Veva Lucille. You know, first and foremost, my sincerest apologies for the little hiatus that I took. Sometimes life gets in the way and we have to just write about it. And I'm writing about it and now I'm talking about it. So, today's podcast is rightfully titled apathy and apprehension part two acceptance in the previous episode i really took the time to be vulnerable and truthful about my experiences as a writer Uh, more specifically how one negative response to something i was so vulnerable with caused me to crumble and fold within myself because of those insecurities and those insecurities needed to be addressed they needed to be said out loud And just to reiterate what those insecurities were from last time, they were that, one, I'm not a goat writer and my friends have deceived me. All of my friends have lied. My family has lied. Everyone is a liar and there's no way that anyone could think that my work was good. And number two, nothing I'm writing is worth hearing and because of this, No one cares about what I'm writing. Everything I said has possibly been said before. And what I hadn't realized about these insecurities that we're going to be talking about later on in this episode is that they would act as a gateway to personal interests of mine. Those things that I was scared of were, and throughout the last few days, have been avenues I've been anxious about exploring so you know 
In addition to those insecurities, I also had two questions that I felt like really needed answers. How to validate myself and how to care without pride, i.e. how not to take myself so seriously, but to still be invested. And for me, those two seem mutually exclusive. As Veva Lucio, the persona, the writer, everything I write, I want it to be taken seriously. And that is whenever those insecurities start to form. That's where that apprehension comes from. So now let's answer these questions, you know, okay. So my first answer to how to care without pride was answered not by writing a lot of poems like I thought it was going to be, you know, like mass production, I'm talking 10 poems a day. Yeah, Uh, that just put way too much pressure on me and no matter how much I wrote, It didn't feel like anything. It didn't feel like poetry. It didn't feel like I was saying anything. It was empty to me. So I knew that mass producing my work definitely wasn't going to be the way to go about it. Um, So instead, I decided to focus on the format of my poems. I knew that as me, for myself, the format matters a lot. For my poetry especially whether it's poetry for the page or poetry for spoken word which has two completely different requirements so in an effort to combat my insecurities and answer this question i decided to start writing fragmented poems for those of you who do not know what fragmented poems are these poems don't have to be finished and they don't have to be extremely long they are maybe they may have maybe two lines they could have 15 lines they may be written in a notebook they could be written on the back of a postcard Um, they're also called postcard poems because the point of these poems isn't to reach uh, a length it isn't to reach a number it is just to write and not have to worry about if it's finished or not, if it's polished or not, because it's fragmented. It's not meant to be represented as a whole. Um, And I thought, wow, why hadn't I thought of this before? This is a great way to start writing about, to start writing, especially whenever I don't want to write, when I'm too insecure to write. Write something that is fragmented, that's broken, that doesn't necessarily have to belong to anything, and thus isn't tied to anything, you know? I even started (laughs) counting monosyllabic words as a piece. So with writing those fragmented poems and knowing that there were no self-perceived judgments over length, I was able to look and analyze the poems I was looking at as art, um, but even cooler, my art. And the art was small enough that it didn't matter if I lost it It didn't matter if it was lost, but it also was moving and connected enough to time and space to be considered real. There was enough of me in it to recognize the poem as real, as something that I created, and to appreciate it as such. Wow, sorry. That was kind of, that was a lot. But, you know, if you're struggling with 
writing because you feel like everything has to mean something every word has to mean something and typically that's that's the case with poetry especially because what you're saying is so condensed there's so much focus put on the words and the craft itself break it apart make it more manageable and that's what i did and when i tell you it was a lot easier to write 10 fragmented poems over the course of two days than one what i would consider complete poem in one day so you know the next thing that i want to talk about is taking myself seriously and (laughs) you know the task of not taking myself seriously was a task that i took seriously um so often with my poems they are connected to my past experiences um, and they are connected to those past experiences as a way to validate and overcome them as a way to validate my experiences validate my life and overcome them by writing about them so we have themes such as the mother figure sexuality that are constantly showing themselves within my writing and so this you know limited my ability to accept criticism of my art because i felt like if someone misunderstood what i was trying to say in a piece that i wrote it was a direct direct misunderstanding let me let me say that again it was a direct misunderstanding of the writer and the person that I am, of the writer and the person that I was trying to show an audience. Long story short, I was and am still, it's a process, way, way, way connected to my work. So connected, it creates tunnel vision, it creates tension, and it creates that apprehension which led to that apathy. Because there was no distance, I became a really obnoxious helicopter parent to my work, both creative and academically. Veva Lucio became a nightmare. Veva Lucio became the anti, if you will. I, I was way too hard on myself. And it took the joy out of writing about those experiences. It took the therapeutic, a therapeutic, you know, takeaway that I got from writing about those experiences because it was becoming way too stressful to write, to share, to even think about. So I needed to create distance. How do you create distance from your art? Isn't the last thing that you want to be is dissonant? The answer is no. The last thing you want is not to be dissonant with your artwork. But maybe in the process. And that's what I found, you know. The best way for me to create dissonance so that I could be productive was by emulating artists' work who inspired me and made me feel some type of way. This ranged from Warsaw Shire, 
to Rita Dove, you know, Toni Morrison, everyone who I've mentioned before, I started paying a lot more attention to who I found as inspirational and emulated them when it became, when it came to talking about topics that were very close to me, that were very close to home. And so one of my favorite poems that I actually wrote while I was trying to answer these questions is called Mom, I'm Depressed. And it mimics Doja Cat's Moo. And it was just so fun to write a poem like that. Um, And I'm actually planning on reworking that emulation and turning it into something that sounds more like me and putting myself back into my work so that I am able to share it and feel comfortable sharing it with others. You know, I also just started to write whenever I had a pen in my hand. I was very particular about the environment that I wrote in. And so this was a way to keep me from writing, to keep me from wanting to write, because I thought about how people around me who were looking over my shoulder might be able to read my poems. Um, But what I found was that by writing whenever the moment struck me and I mean whenever um, this meant writing at meetings writing during class writing on top of notes besides note beside notes writing on my arm writing on my partner whenever the moment struck I wrote and I took a picture of it and I captured it and it was sort of like a get in where you can fit in Um, And you'll be able to see that if you visit the Veva Lucille website. You can see what I mean when I'm talking about just writing where I can, writing these fragmented poems whenever and however I could. So that brings me to an actual poem that I would like to share with you all that I wrote about language during one of my classes instead of taking notes. And it's probably one of the most interesting poems that I have written and definitely something that I want to come back to, something that I have a relationship with. And so that poem is currently untitled, but here goes. I think I'm losing my language. My tongue has been gnawed off by the hopes and chewed up and spit out into the curve where that frontal lobe used to be. Chong chong speak avec des bonheurs, hu de malheurs, soyi, when I regurgitate broken words, gnash my throat. I don't know how my words taste when they leave my mouth. Maybe one day I will look and let you chew at taste buds that if and that's it that's it um and what this poem does is that when i was writing this i was thinking about language which is already a separate topic that i'm I haven't written about before. I use language to write, obviously, but I hadn't written about language. Like I said, majority of my themes focused, you know, really focused on the woman and the woman body. 
So I was stepping outside of my comfort zone and writing this. Not only that I wrote it on my notes, I also included um, Chinese and French, which were thoughts that were going through my head at the time because of the fact that I was studying for some exams. And I incorporated that. And so this is actually a really fun poem for me to even look at and something that I want to share. And as you heard, it wasn't finished. It didn't even sound good when it ended. And for me, writing this poem, just writing it was already enough for me. To be able to look at it after writing it and see that I actually enjoyed what I wrote, that was validating. That was fun. Slowly, I was putting fun back into writing. I was making it fun for me again. I was making it fun to write again. And I know that no one will see this, but it still felt good to read it. And even looking at it now, I feel like my writing has been validated because it still is talking about my experience. It still conveys an emotion. It still works but I don't really care who reads it or how they interpret it because it's not meant to be anything. It's just meant to be. (sighs) Okay, (laughs) that's it. You know, (laughs) that's all I have to say about that poem. And it was a lot. I know that I just said and a lot that you guys just had to listen to, but I feel a little lighter. I don't know if anyone else feels a little relieved from my own revelation, but that revelation really had my head spinning. All right. So that is the end of today's episode of the DL on VL. Please tune in for the next episode where I, Viva Lucille, will talk about what comes next. We're not done yet. Thank you guys so much. Xie xie, and goodbye.